This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, September 28th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I'm teamed up with aspiring Ogden City Councilman. Yes. Vote for Shepard, Jason Shepard. <laughs> yes. A vote for Shepard is a vote for your future. Yeah, baby. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm, very, I'm very excited about this weekend. Heading up to Ogden for the big game on Friday. Wow, is Damian Lillard going to be there? I really hope Damian Lillard can show up for the, uh, the BYU-Utah State game. I'm very excited. Look, I know there's a faction of you that are like, oh, that's so old. It's not old. Ah, it's not. No, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's still funny. <laughs> Just take a picture by that iconic welcome to Ogden yes, sign. Yes, okay? I cannot wait. Just make sure that's uh, somewhere in your travel itinerary. Going to stop off at Hill Air Force Base on the way, check out the museum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the Air Force Museum. That's right. Yes. yes. All right. Hey, well, before your trip to Ogden. By the way, are you okay? Feeling better. You, but, well, you just... Little, little feeling, feeling better. Yes, you know, you know, it's just like like the voice when you when you have COVID and you've just been sick for like two months straight, or at least overcoming it, I should say. <laughs> sometimes you just got to push through, right? That's, sometimes you just got to play sick you or pl- play hurt. Anyway, don't worry, I'm 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 not sick. Okay, okay? Uh, Jason, we should point out before your trip to Ogden, does how BYU football wins matter anymore, or is it simply? Enough to just straight up win. Also, David Nixon is going to answer that question, and he'll also discuss if he's concerned about the BYU defense following the game against USF. Gunnar Romney will join us. Mustache, fashion, and the growing spotlight Ah, for his family. Yeah, did you notice that uh, his family hit the TV screens? A timer (laughs) like 17. And does the offense really not change if Baylor Romney is the quarterback compared to Jaron Hall? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 13th ranked BYU football continues to get ready for Friday night's matchup against Utah State in Logan. See, there you go. Injuries have already played a factor this season, but even after several players missed the USF game, only Caleb Christensen right now is doubtful for Friday's game. That obviously includes quarterback Jaron Hall, says Kalani Satake. I think Jaron will be available. We'll see how it goes in practice. That's that's uh, we we work off of what we can get in practice, and then make it a final decision when we get closer to game time. And so, regardless of the position, uh, if a guy is able to practice, then we have to go with who we think um, will give us the best opportunity to 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 win, and also what's right by the players. Kickoff, 9 Eastern time on Friday night. Watch Countdown to Kickoff with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and one Spencer Linton on BYU TV. Live from Maverick Stadium at 8 Eastern. Radio pregame with me, Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, and Mitchell Juergens begins at 7 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Let's go. Listen, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but BYU men's basketball (laughs) has their season preview practice special tonight. 9 Eastern, you can watch it live on BYU TV. Mark Pope and a just a bevy of very special guests, some high-level folks mm-hmm. joining the program like last year. If you remember, Danny Ainge and Rick Pitino were the special guests last year. So tune in tonight. More special guests on the way 
for the BYU season preview. Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid was released from the hospital yesterday after feeling ill at the conclusion of Sunday's game at Arrowhead against the Chargers. Reid was treated for dehydration. He is expected to return to work as early as today. That's great news. Certainly great news. Yeah, happy to hear that. BYU women's volleyball jumps up into the top 10 at number 10 in the latest ABCA poll. The Cougars will take on Santa Clara on the road this Thursday. Women's golf continues to play in the Golf Week Challenge in Colorado. BYU currently in third place after a 700 par 281 opening round. Kirsten Fotu is tied for the lead at 6-under. BYU tees off at 10.40 a.m. Mountain Time today in round two. They will play Northern Arizona, Central Arkansas, and East Tennessee State. Connor Mance of BYU Men's Cross Country named the NCAA Division I Men's National Athlete of the Week Again, in cross-country, and that includes all junior college programs. Like, if you're good, you're the best of all collegiate programs. Connor has eight first-place finishes in his career, including setting a record time in the 5,000-meter. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Much attention has been paid to the margin of victory for BYU football against USF on Saturday night, 35-27. Just an eight-point win when BYU was, according to some people, favored by as many as 23 or 24 points, Jason. So, cause for concern, I ask you this question. Does BYU have to win big to keep climbing the national polls, or do they just have to win, period? Is that enough? Um, I, I think ultimately you continue to win and you're going to be fine. You will continue to move up the polls. I was very curious as to what would happen after the win over South Florida. I wondered if BYU would stay put, if for some reason maybe somebody, you know, they would slip back a spot simply because the margin was so big, yet the victory ultimately didn't turn out to be. So I was pleasantly surprised to see BYU jumping up two spots. Now, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that you have teams ahead of BYU sure. that are also losing, and yes. you had a couple of those. So there are a lot of different factors that go into whether or not you're able to move up, and if you move up, how much. So ultimately, I do think it boils down to just winning and you'll be fine. You'll continue to climb the poles. But there are other factors, like we mentioned, in terms of teams ahead of you and how they do. But also, in terms of needing to win by big margins, some schools, I don't know if you have to do that. BYU, I just wonder, because of a history of maybe not getting the benefit of the doubt, Maybe BYU is one of the teams that, at least as of right now, probably still needs to have these margin of victory games that impress. But is history of not having the benefit of the doubt now gone because BYU is perceived differently? It's changing. There's no question that it is changing. Look, and I think a perfect example of this is Cincinnati. Cincinnati right now obviously ranked ahead of BYU. And Cincinnati over the last couple of years, football-wise, has had... You know, obviously being in being there at the very end and being ranked every year and having big time wins, this is a team that has earned over the last four years, three years, to get that benefit of the doubt because they've won. They have been a proven commodity. I think what BYU did last year, going eleven and one, I think the start that they've had this year. If this season continues on the way that we think it can and hope that it does 
then I think BYU is certainly in that same mix where, say, next year, if there's something that you're, you're getting the benefit of the doubt. And they may be there now, but I just I think it's almost like uh, you're, you're just worried because of the way the past has gone, whether it's football or basketball, that don't leave any room for error for anybody to read into something that they may want to read into. Just just take care of business by winning the games, and if you can beat them big, beat them big. Just don't leave any room for anybody to take anything away from you. So here's the good news for BYU and every other program. College football, the temperature right now is so historic and wildly unpredictable that it, it really doesn't matter how many points BYU wins by. Again, we saw a testament to this when the Cougars jumped two spots after only beating USF by eight points because everybody else is losing, Jason. And then you, you look at, like, the teams above BYU. Just last week, for example, fifth-ranked Iowa. Oh, man, fifth-ranked Iowa. They've looked amazing. They played a 10-point game with Colorado State at home, 24-14. Did it affect them? Nope. They're number five. Number three, Oregon. The Ducks jumped up to number three. They were in a five-point game in the fourth quarter with, wait for it, Arizona. I know it ended 41-19. The Wildcats fell apart in the last seven minutes of the game. That was a weird game for the majority of the game at Autzen Stadium in Oregon. Just win. And then this is probably the strongest case. Fresno State, Jason, a group of five school that already has a loss. They were ranked 22nd. They had to rally to beat UNLV, a terrible UNLV team. They were losing the majority of the game. They had to rally against UNLV to win by eight. They jumped four spots in the poll from 22nd to number 18. So BYU may be more comparable to a Fresno State if you don't want to think, well, they're not Iowa, they're not Oregon. Those teams are going to get, receive the benefit of the doubt. Fresno State? Every other team above BYU, it feels like, has played a very close game at some point this season, including Notre Dame. They had to rally to beat Toledo by three points in South Bend. Notre Dame at home against Toledo? Well, maybe Toledo's a good team. No, they're pretty mediocre. They're 2-2. Two and two. Oklahoma, five-point win against Tulane. Iowa State, six-point win earlier this season against FCS foe Northern Iowa at home. The point is just to win right okay, now. But but what and, and I agree and I agree. Like I said, I think ultimately if you win, things will take care of themselves. But all of the things that you're bringing up are based off of moving up in the AP poll. The college football playoff poll, BYU has not so far been given the benefit of the doubt. Right, right. there's only one uh, <laughs> example because BYU until last year had never been in the Correct. college football playoff. Correct. Poll. So so I still think that there is. I still think. Whether, whether we think BYU has earned it or not doesn't really matter. But what about it's the what Power 5 wins? See, and, How can the committee deny the yes. Power 5 wins yes. that were not on the schedule last year? And I, that, I think, right there is the biggest argument for the just win because unlike other years, and last year certainly where they were all this type of team— um, you, you, BYU's not going through like a stretch over the next six or seven games where it's all yeah. lower tier teams. You still have more teams that you'll face that are P5 teams, even if it is Washington State, you know, a team like that, USC that's down a little bit. You're still facing USC. You're still facing Baylor, who looks really, really good. So the fact, yes, you still play Utah State, and yes, you still have Georgia Southern. You still have. 
you know, yeah. G5 teams, but you will have an opportunity that if you win, it's going to be looked more favorably by beating Washington State than by beating Georgia Southern. BYU going into Logan this weekend, I think, is an eight-point favorite right now. So, right, okay. right around there. What a, win by one point. Doesn't matter at Utah State. Rivalry game, does not matter. Just win. BYU will not be penalized for getting to 5-0, and winning on the road in a rivalry game. They will not be penalized, meaning they will not drop in the rankings. Okay, there's only two games on the schedule remaining where I feel like, okay, BYU should absolutely dominate these games, meaning win by more than two scores. At Georgia Southern and against Idaho State. That's it. The rest of the games, win by one point. If you just win, it's enough. Beat, beat Baylor, obviously, we think that's the toughest game remaining on the schedule. Agreed. FPI does too. Just win, Jason, by one point. At Washington State, win by one point. Virginia, win. USC, certainly win. Like Georgia Southern and Idaho State are the only two games remaining on the schedule where I'm like, okay, you probably need to win by more than two scores to make some type of a, oh, yeah, okay, hey, BYU handled their business against a team they severely overmatch. But Georgia Southern is probably comparable to USF. So even if BYU came away with an eight-point win on the road, I'm thinking, eh, I don't think they'd be punished. Like just If you win, you will keep climbing the poles because of what BYU's done early in the season and because they will have beaten, at that point, more Power Fives in a single season than they ever have in the history of the program. You just keep winning and beating those Power Five teams, Jason, things are going to take care of themselves. So I, I am of the opinion that it just, it just doesn't matter now because of what BYU did early in the season, sending that message. And yes, the Big 12 invitation matters. They are perceived differently this year because of what has happened in September. But I, I, I also think, and I, I think the football team themselves would say that like, we can't say that the heavy lifting is over. No, because no, 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 you, no, don't want, you, don't, you don't want to be complacent with that. And I and I, I don't think that's what you're saying. No, but just win. I'm saying just win. Just find out. It doesn't matter how many points you win. But just just the goal is to win, whether it's by one or twenty one. Look, and I, I think with the schedule remaining, mostly that's going to be that's going to be correct. But there there are there are like I said, I just it's it's PTSD from you know previous last, years. Last year, last where, year specifically, where you I think get it. BYU should should be at a certain level and viewed a certain way, and therefore reap the benefits of that. And they're not given that. They're not given that whether it's football or basketball in years past. Now the last couple of years, BYU in basketball has been given very favorable seeds. That tide is changing, and I think BYU football is now in the process of doing the exact same thing. I would just not like to leave anything to chance. I don't want anybody that may have a gripe or a bias or hasn't seen BYU that is going to be in charge of making decisions for where BYU ultimately ends up. I, I don't want to leave any doubt for them. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I, I understand that. But I feel like because of the way the schedule is set up, those concerns that you have will primarily be alleviated. And I hope that's the case. Because of the, the makeup of the schedule. Look, all, all BYU can worry about is winning the game. That's yep. all. Beat Utah State. Just win the game. Beat Utah State. That's all they can by worry one. about. Doesn't Beat Boy State by one. I don't care. All right, just uh, before we go to our question of the day, this Justin, Baylor Romney, in his third start and a third win, has received honorable mention Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award Player of the Week honors based on his performance 305 yards on 20 of 25 passing, three touchdowns. Baylor getting noticed. Uh, fantastic stuff right there. Our Brilliant. Question of the day now. What needs to happen between now and the release 
of the initial college football playoff rankings on November 2nd for BYU to remain in that conversation. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jacob Dawson answers on Facebook. Continue to win bit to win, but win big. No more of these grinded out games. Again, I don't, has it mattered? Like, did the grind out game matter against Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, or even USF? Where show me where I need to be concerned based on what BYU is having done to them in the AP poll. They're just continuing to climb. Well, but I, I don't know if the, that argument holds true though against BYU or against Utah and Arizona State. Both were f- both were favored and both were ranked ahead of BYU. Sure. So grinding it out, getting the win in those situations is is fine. Like, so maybe he's making reference specifically to Arizona. Okay, whatever. Slow start to the season. I think he's just referring to USF. I think he's one hundred percent USF. Was it a grinded out game? BYU led twenty eight to six at halftime. Yeah. They were up 35-20 to 20 at the end of the third quarter. If at any point, Jason, did you feel like BYU was in danger no. of losing that game? BYU was never going to lose never. that game. Even with the run that, uh, that Timmy McClain – by the way, the way he played, I'm going to start calling him Tim McClain. Okay. Oh, Tim? He's taking <laughs> up no Timmy. no longer Timmy. It's Tim. It's That's, Tim. He, played like, he played like Tim. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm, BYU jumped two spots with an eight-point win at home against USF. So – where is the cause for concern? That is my question. Just win. So even if it's a grinded-out game, it, the, with the temperature of college football, everybody's playing close games. Everybody, the elite teams, playing close games. Alabama played a two-point game for crying out loud. I know it was against Florida, but that doesn't happen to Alabama, Jason. Right. It never happens to Bama. Look, and when it does this year? Look, when is Alabama finally going to get the benefit of the doubt from the voters? I know they've had it. Can rough. we please yeah, get no. to that point? Alabama also and Tom Brady. I mean, Seriously. just that team and that guy have led really tough lives. Look, it's like somebody you throw just try those and guys persevere. That's what you're trying a to break, do. please. Yes. All right, coming up. Who is the bigger rival for BYU? This is gold, Jerry. Is it Utah State or Boise State? I love this question. And we discuss fashion, sunglasses, his mustache, and his breakout performances in the last few games. My one-on-one with Gunnar Romney up next on BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, Kiki is taking you back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to join the Rocks pregame party and relive the BYU win over South Florida. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feels like the party hasn't really stopped for the Rock at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the last three-plus weeks. Understandable. Absolutely. And hopefully it doesn't stop up in Logan on Friday. Let's go. Travel party. We are – wait, where would you say it was? Um, in – in Logan. Okay, okay. Yeah, All right. Get upset. No, no. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. I recently had the chance to speak with one of the stars of BYU's Saturday night win over USF. That incredible performance by the BYU offense. Wide receiver Gunnar Romney caught a touchdown pass from his brother Baylor Romney. He's also rocking a sweet stash and ready to discuss fashion among football. This is my one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access with Gunnar Romney. 
Gunner, congratulations. You've earned another interview with me. This is like the seventh one in the last seven days or something like that. But I have failed to ask you this question until now. What is the genesis of your decision to grow that amazing mustache? Um, To be honest, it's my wife. Um, You know, I grow facial hair pretty quickly. I have to shave, um, you know, pretty much once a day or or I get honor coded or something like that. Um, But I came out of the bathroom kind of as a joke with the mustache and she she loved it. So I kept it. And, you know, it's just been a thing so far. (laughs) Is it tied at all to the winning streak or is it really just all about what your wife wants? Well, I mean, it's always about what the wife wants. But if we keep winning, I might as well not shave it. it. Must be some good luck charm. Okay. Hey, keep it rolling, man, for sure. All right. After uh, the weekend and you had some time to digest what happened as you go back and watch the game, review film, I do need to ask, who received more television time on Saturday night, you or your family in the stands? Probably my family. I've seen so many little clips of them just in the in the stands celebrating, just my parents and me, mine and Baylor's wives just going crazy. Um, so probably them, to be honest. Okay, the Romney family it is, center stage for BYU football. Gunnar Romney is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I talked to you briefly after the game about Utah State and the Utah State fans specifically. What do you remember about your first game in Logan and the interactions that you wanted or didn't want with the Aggie faithful? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of energy in that stadium, uh, whether it's positive or negative. There's, there's going to be energy. Those those Aggie fans, they always bring it. They're uh, they get personal sometimes with the with the comments they're making and warm ups, especially. But I'm excited. I'm excited to go and play a true away game um, with you know sort of a hostile environment. I, I I love that type of stuff, and I think our our entire team loves that type of stuff because they see it as a challenge. How do you specifically handle that type of hostility? Does it make you laugh? Does it make you want to run? Well, how do you handle it? Um, kind of a little bit of everything. It, it, it makes me laugh at the beginning, and then when the game gets closer, I kind of uh, kind of block it out a little bit. That's that's always been sort of my thing is um, try to not pay attention to the highs and lows of the crowd. Um, try and stay even keeled. Um, but you know, I'm just excited. You know, it's, it's fun. Always, always playing in front of that type of environment. Listen, if you're getting trashed, just point to the mustache. Okay. It'll make everything bad disappear. Gunnar Romney is with us on BYU sports nation. What do you know about Utah state's defense specifically at this point? Um, not too much to this point, but I know they're, they're a lot more improved than they were the last time we played them. And so it's going to be a challenge to go up there, but we're looking forward to the challenge. And so we need to, to bring, everything that we have and we need to play to the to our best capabilities which I know we can do um, in order to beat them how does what BYU football does as an offense change depending on who is starting a quarterback Jaron Hall or your brother Baylor um to be honest not too much you know both of those dudes can can handle the offense pretty good and so I think they kind of just add their own flavor to it you know with Jaron we kind of see a little bit more of the run game a little bit more of the use of his legs and Baylor's a little bit more of a pocket passer, but I think the offense just kind of molds around them whether um, either one of them is is in the pocket. And so I think both of them do a great job of handling it. Baylor did run a little bit on Saturday night. How would you assess his ability to escape the pressure with his feet? Um, he got the job done. It wasn't the prettiest uh, <laughs> prettiest thing I've ever seen, but, you know, he, he scrambled, made a couple first downs, made some good plays with his legs, and so I'll, I'll give him props for that. Okay, fair enough. Good brother. Are you okay giving him some tips on striding the right way and whatnot? 
Nah, man, I don't want to mess with his head. I'll just let him do his thing. <laughs> oh, you are a good brother. That is for sure. All right, what's the secret to handling growing uh, publicity and fame in the national eye? You're the number 13 team in the country. You're undefeated at 4-0. and If you go back to last year, BYU is a combined 14-1 and in the last 15 games. Make it 15-1 in the last 16 games. How do you handle the mounting pressure? I think Kalani does a great job of, of taking the role of handling that and kind of leaving us to just play football. You know, we come in every Monday and it's, it's almost the same speech every single day. Every single Monday we come in. It's, uh, we, we, wa- we watch the film and we forget about that game. Uh, we're supposed to, if someone asked us about, about the game previous after Monday, we're supposed to say, no, we're not, even, we're not even paying attention to that. We're just looking forward to the next opponent. And I think Kalani does a great job of really emphasizing um, the little things and staying humble so we don't get carried away with the pride. We always talk about the pride cycle and how that can, you know, be a, be a huge barrier for us. And so we kind of um, try to stay humble as, as, as much as we can. How will your schedule change as a football team on a short week? The only non-Saturday game that BYU has on the schedule. Yeah, it, it actually is a big change. You know, we, we come in on Mondays usually, and it's, it's a shorter practice, lighter practice, because everybody's still sore and beat up. But, you know, we don't have that luxury this week. We have to come in and, and get a practice in and, you know, jump right on the film, jump right on studying because we, we leave on Thursday. So it's a whole, a whole less day of practice and preparation, um, you know. So we, we kind of have to pick up the intensity a little bit and, you know, get right on it. Well, Gunner, as a student athlete, you're balancing a lot. Schoolwork on top of what your responsibilities are with BYU football and now throw in name, image, and likeness. And you've got deals working on the side. So, How do you balance all of those things? Because this is a year unlike any other that we have experienced. Yeah, you know, you for sure have to compartmentalize. Um, For me personally, I I do. I like to set a a time in the mornings, um, you know, where it's it's just school, no football, nothing else allowed. And then as soon as we hit football um, to to the evening, I'll, I'll set aside just football. I'm not worried about anything else. And then, you know, as soon as that finishes, um, then I can I can worry about other things. But you really just have to be, you know, um, responsible and take care of your business and not let outside factors distract you. So obviously you are improving as a receiver and and wanting to perfect the details. But through four games, I mean, obviously your health has been a big factor. It's staying, you know, other than the Arizona game, staying healthy and be able to do things. How have you been able to improve your craft as a wide receiver up to this point? Yeah, it's really just studying the film from the game before and seeing what I did wrong and seeing how I can improve that. Um, you know, one example is um, I was I was talking to my dad this morning because he, he always likes to text me and give me advice um, at the beginning of a new week. And I was talking to my dad this morning and he he was he said to pick out a couple weaknesses. And it's exactly what I did last week um, on the actually the touchdown that I scored. Um, that certain move I'd been practicing all week because I watched it in film before I kind of got stuck a little bit. Um, and so the, the entire week, every time I ran that route, it was, I was working on that exact same technique and, you know, it, it came to the game and um, it paid off. And so that's just really a sign and really motivation for me to, to continue doing that, to continue finding weaknesses in my game and, you know, proving that I can, um, you know, improve on that. Ever the perfectionist Gunnar Romney, you and your brother for that matter, very, very in the details. We'll finish with this. I had a buddy ask me, hey, what kind of sunglasses is Gunner wearing? Because they are fire when you were walking into the stadium. They take up like half your face, man. Uh, where does one find those sunglasses? 
No, it's funny. So Carter Wheat came in a couple of weeks ago and uh, he was, he was just showing us, he DM the company pit Viper just asking, you know, for some free merch for the, this NIL deal thing. And, uh, and so they sent it to him. And so probably 30 dudes on the team reached out to them and they, they all sent us a bunch of, pit of, of, uh, sunglasses. And so we've all just been rocking them. I don't know if you guys um, show, show up to the Cougar Walk the next home game. You'll probably see 50 players wearing those things. Oh, hilarious. With the mustache, it's a combination that can't be beat, my friend. Yeah, that's, that's the look I'm going for. <laughs> he is straight out of the 80s, Gunnar Romney. It might as well be the 80s for BYU football. This has uh, really been a fun time for Cougar football and for BYU Sports Nation. Gunner, congratulations to this point. We know a huge game is ahead of you. Let's give you some more BYU Sports Nation karma to handle Utah State. We look forward to seeing you under the lights at Maverick Stadium on Friday night. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Gunner Romney, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation special. Let's see here. Dear Pit Viper. I oh, would... you want some Pit Viper sunglasses, Jason? <laughs> That's exactly what you need. <laughs> I don't know if I could rock that. No, no, no. You're a child of the 80s. You absolutely true. need some Pit Viper sunglasses. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I, they are unique. Uh... I, I definitely could not pull them off. But I feel like you could because you're, you, you just... Do I, I exude that? Yes. I don't know what that that is. Whatever that is, I don't know what it is. But yes, the way I mean, the way you talk about Magnum PI and Miami Vice, and all, like that's you, okay, brother. Okay, it's fine. I'll, I'll own that. That is no you, that. brother. Okay. Go for it. Uh, speaking of owning things, yes, Gunner right now is owning just about anything thrown his way, and it's to think about him being injured and all of us like collectively holding our breath, wondering what. His, the fact that he's able to play and not just able to play, but going high out there level. and yeah. playing at a high level is so great to see. And it's, it's helped this offense immensely. Sure. Good to see that guy go next level. Yep. All right, coming up, David Nixon tells us if there is a concern on the BYU defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we're taking the show next level. And what do you want to see from BYU basketball tonight in their practice special, the season debut? This is BYU Sports Nation. Can we call it a spectacular? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Hey, get ready for the hoop season with the BYU men's basketball season preview live from tonight's opening day of practice. Tyler Hawes, Jerem Jordan will be introducing you to the newcomers, returning starters, and the storylines that you need to know. Plus, you can enjoy mic'd up coaches and a loaded guest lineup that includes George Carl. Yep. It's tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Isn't George Carl the only guy to, like, fire Mark Pope multiple times or cut him? <laughs> I, believe, I believe that is the case, yes. Yeah, of course Mark Pope would want George Carl on the show, right? George Carl, by the way, is a fantastic storyteller. Um, in, you know, in, in, a, in a past life as a radio producer, we'd have him on yeah. in sports radio yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime yeah. the Nuggets would come in to take on the Jazz, he, he, he has a ton of stories to tell, and he's great at telling them. So I, I'm looking forward to that aspect. Like, I'm not going to lie. I never expected George Carl to be a BYU TV guest. <laughs> no. Yet here we are. He's lined up tonight. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. A reminder to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, 24-7. It's simple. Follow our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Jason, let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management Tackling America's Most Challenging Shipping Problems. One of our favorites 
have him on the show all the time. Brett McMurphy projects BYU to face Cincinnati in the Fiesta Bowl still. He's updated his projections, still has those two together. But has Cincinnati as a 10.5-point favorite. Okay. Does Cincy as a 10.5-point favorite seem excessive to you? Yeah, kind of, but I don't care. It's more about BYU being projected in a New Year's Six Bowl game at this point. We're only a third of the way through the season, but nobody has defeated three Power Fives to open the season like BYU. So it's it's more about the Fiesta Bowl. I could he could have Cincinnati favored by twenty for all here. BYU's projected in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yes, I agree. That's the important part. I do think it's excessive. I would expect that to be right around a touchdown. Well, we'll see how Cincinnati fares against Notre Dame this weekend, and who the highest ranked non Power Five team is. Coming out of the weekend, Jason. Big, big weekend. You rooting for the Irish? I am rooting for yes, the Irish. As should Absolutely. all BYU fans. How about this? Donovan Mitchell, NBA superstar for the Utah Jazz, said he brought his teammates to the BYU South Florida game so that they could get a sense of what fans in Utah were like. Jason. Is it now official that BYU fans are the best in the state? What, what do you mean, uh, now official? Hasn't it always been? Look, Maybe. Look, here's the deal. The name of this show is BYU Sports Nation. We are certainly going to... Uh, sure. We're certainly going to know exactly what, what comes from BYU fans. We're around it. We experience it. We know how great it is. I never thought that that was in question. Well, his best friend, or one of his best friends, the owner, Ryan Smith, happens to be a huge BYU fan as well. Yes. Access to... The only ranked team in the state of Utah. Look, I will tell you, it was cool to have all those guys. There. And it wasn't just a couple guys. There were like seven or eight guys down there on the field and enjoying it, putting all the videos on Instagram about how great it was. That was really cool. Sure. Yeah, BOE fans, best in the state, loudest in the state for sure. Absolutely. All right, what's the one thing you want to see from tonight's BYU hoop scrimmage? I just want pure entertainment, and we will get it from Mark Pope. <laughs> Straight up entertainment. Just fun uh, craziness. I, we were in a pre-production meeting, and Mark said, "Hey, do you want me to like chew some guys out, and then like <laughs> as a as a like uh, a punishment, just send them to the mic? You know, go tell everybody on national television what you did wrong right now." Like he he brought that up. It was like, would that be fun? I'm like, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Uh, for me, I'm actually going to go with a. It, there's a lot of new players. I actually want to see Gavin Baxter. He had, obviously had the knee injury last year. Sure. Coming back, he's a healthy. I, I want to see Gavin Baxter. I'm excited for what he brings, the dynamic he brings. So for me, that's kind of where I'm going. I wonder how close he is to fully healthy. Yeah. Because yeah, so, we know how explosive he is and athletic he is. I want to see that. All right. Uh, BYU has two rivalry games upcoming in the next two weeks, Jason. So Utah State or Boise State, who's the bigger BYU football rival? Oh, man. This is such a great... I love and I hate this question. I love this question because it actually is a debate. I hate this question because it probably shouldn't be a debate. Right out of the gate, you go Utah State, right? Because it's in state. Sure. But the closer games and the back and forth has been with Boise. I think ultimately I'm still going to say that it's Utah State. They're in state. You've played them almost 100 times. I, I, I think I'm sticking with the Aggies. It's still Utah State. Whether you want to give more credit to the Boise State program, it's still Utah State. Just look at the interactions on social media this week <laughs> leading up. Uh, yeah. Boy- I will say, though, the Aggies don't have Hank Bachmeyer. So, I mean, there's that. Well, we'll discuss that later this week. <laughs> All right, coming up, top five Tuesday or Tuesday, depending on where you're from. And David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker, joins us live. What does a 4-0 start, rather, 
do for a team's locker room and the atmosphere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Rock that pom-pom, bro. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8.30 Eastern Time, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake as the coach and Greg Rubel review the South Florida game, preview the matchup with Utah State, plus Baylor Romney is in the film room. That's tonight at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We need to get Kalani some pit vipers, right? The best part of that look was the sport coat. Like is, Everyone's talking about the dancing. I was impressed with how nice the sport coat and the polo looked. Kalani can do whatever he wants. The right guy now. rocked it. He rocked it. He's writing his own checks, Jason. 15-1 and one in the last 16 <laughs> games. He can do what he wants. He can wear what he wants. Uh, a guy that also enjoys many of those, uh, I guess, freedoms, if uh, you want to call him that, is David Nixon. He's winning at life. He's also <laughs> winning on BYU Sports Nation. You can wear what you want. You can say what you want to say, Dave. Are you writing your own checks, though? Uh, listen, I, I went with floral today, a little floral pattern. You know, spruce it up for you guys. Yeah, so. looking sharp, bro. You do look yeah. sharp. Thank looking you. sharp. Thank you. Okay, uh, so we were discussing in the opening segment of the show where BYU is as is, is a team. Like, if, if they've reached a point now where they just need to win games, like, doesn't matter, just win, or do they have to win impressively? Do they have to cover the spread and do all these things? Is it, is it just about winning now? Where do you stand on that conversation? I, I, I'd say probably a little bit of both. And I say that they just need to win because you look at the rankings. BYU, everyone thought the sky was falling when BYU didn't cover. and only they jumped two spots. Jumped two spots in the AP poll, right? Uh, but at the same time, we've seen from the committee, and they reference it every year at the end of the year, that you've got to win convincingly. And how did you take care of your opponents? And so I use a little bit of both. I think BYU needs to continue to win. BYU still has some power fives on the, on, the, on the schedule left. They've got great G fives coming up with Utah yep. State and Boise State. And so this schedule's loaded enough that I think that as long as you just win, that the thing, you know, everything else will take care of itself. I'm just, and we had this discussion, I just don't want to leave it in the hands of people who typically don't give BYU the benefit of the doubt. So, and here, here's the thing, though. There have been more upsets in the top 25 through four weeks than ever in the history of college football as long as they've been ranked in the AP poll. Like, it's never happened. Everybody else is losing and playing close games, David. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there's a tweet by Brett McMurphy that said that uh, 25 teams in the top 25 have lost so far this season. I mean, that's a lot of turnover. And, and we're Four seeing, weeks. We're seeing that Oklahoma doesn't look great. I mean, none of these schools look super impressive uh, to, to the point where, I mean, of course you've got your Alabama that just does their thing, but even they've had some close games. So, I don't know. I, I, the season will continue to play itself out. We're a third of the way through. There's still a lot of football to be played. But I love where BYU's position is at right now. We, they beat three P5s. They're rolling. They're looking good. Um, now can they just, like I said, can they just keep it together? And here's the thing that's brutal about the schedule is there's no cupcakes for another five, six weeks, right? I mean, BYU's week in and week out. They've got to deal with injuries. You've got to be able to rebound. You've got to be able to recover uh, and be ready for that next week because there's, there's not a break in the schedule. Um, which, which makes it more difficult, but also I think yeah. it gains respect of, of all the national guys. That's what I'm saying. Just until Georgia Southern and Idaho State, I don't care if BYU wins every game by one point. It's win by one. I don't, I don't think they'll be punished for that. So let's focus on the, uh, the, San, the San Francisco. Every time I see USF, I think of the Dons. <laughs> uh, South Florida. And you talked about the skies falling. Everyone was yeah. concerned about the defense. What were your takes on the defensive side of the ball against the Bulls. Yeah, listen, I went back and watched the film. Obviously, in, in, in Lysa Tuiaki referenced it yesterday. He, he said, listen, we underestimated to McLean's speed, and, and we didn't really game plan. There wasn't a lot of film on him. 
so we didn't have a great game plan ready for him. And I can, I can see that on the film. He, BYU didn't utilize the spy very well. The guys on the edge lost their containment. Uh, and then when Timmy McClain got in the open field, the, the guy's got legitimate wheels. And, and I think he was a little deceptive. And yeah. You know what's funny about this? Is I think the same thing happens with Jaron Hall. We've seen against the, you know, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, when Jaron Hall gets in the open field, guys take terrible angles on him. And that's exactly what happened here. BYU got BYU'd this past week <laughs> against USF. Team McLean, I mean, the stutter steps, the guy has moves. He's a freshman. We knew he was going to want to get out and roll because this is the first road start. So we knew he, wanted, he was going to want to get out of the pocket and try to make something happen, and he did. So credit to USF for the game plan they put together. BYU defense struggled with it. Uh, but I, I think it, you can pump the brakes a little bit because it was. It was tough to game plan for him. We were obviously banged up. Um, and so you take all that into consideration, I think, I think you know, this guy is not falling. Things are going to be fine. Kalani Satake is never going to blame what happened in a game on injuries. His coaches just don't do that. I asked him about it after the game. Hey, how much did injuries factor into the way that BYU played this game? And he kind of sidestepped it and just said, look, we got to be better. we got to coach all of our guys. We, we were hopeful that our depth would step up and we wouldn't notice a drop-off. How much do or did the injuries play into that and – how much will that affect the game against Utah State? I think a lot of it was you got to look at the position group. So if you, know, if you watch games, that D-line rotates every two to three plays. you got guys coming in and out just because they're big boys. They're not conditioned as well, frankly, uh, and they go pretty hard. Every play they're bat, you know, banging heads and they're going after it. So those guys rotate a lot. So when you take out Batty and you take out Mahe out of that rotation, it throws everything into whack a little bit. Uh, and, and so now your rotations, you got to stay on the field for a few more plays than you're used to because you don't have the depth that you normally have. And so I think if it was linebackers or even DBs, they'd be more equipped to handle that type of play. Uh, but because of the defensive line, they're already thin there. And then you take out your two best defensive linemen, yeah, frankly, yeah. it messes up even more. And so I think that's why that defensive line struggled so much. I think injuries definitely played a key role in it. The benefit is BYU gets a W, and you give those guys a one week of rest. And yeah, they're nursing up. There are injuries, but you're also nursing up your body. Your body's just getting rested. I mean, there's, there's huge pluses that come out of that. So uh, I, I think defensive line, I think you're going to see a, obviously a completely different line this week with some rested bodies. And also, frankly, some guys got some quality reps. Uh, Gabe Summers, he made some fantastic plays. I mean, the guys that they stepped up and rose to the occasion when their number was called, I think that's what's impressive. You can take away that they struggled with containment, things like that. But you go back and watch the film, there were some, there were some major plays made by those guys up front. All right, let's go into the, to the mind of the player. So BYU right now, ranked number 13. You're 4-0. What does that do for a team in the locker room? What does that do for the guys? So let me say this. My senior year, 2008, we started 6-0. We got as high as number 8 in the country. Uh, I can say that it, the pressure's real. Like, you start to feel the pressure on you because the fan base now expects it. You now expect it of yourselves to go out there and win. Uh, and, and so the pressure's real. So now it's how do you harness that? And we talked about this on Countdown to Kickoff. We talked about AFR. You guys have talked about it as well. The great thing about last season was that even though they were facing cupcakes, BYU figured out the recipe on how to win. And not only how to win, but how to manage success and how to week in, week out stay in the top 25 and how to prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, physically for, the, for, for you know, game day. So the good thing is BYU is coming off a year that they've already experienced this. You know, they experienced a 4-0 start. Uh, and so I think they're well-equipped to kind of handle it going forward. Uh, but I will say that the pressure is real, and that's something that you, you take note of. I mean, when you look at the rankings, these guys, I guarantee you, these players on, on Sunday afternoon, they're looking to see, hey, did we jump up? I mean, did we stay flat? Where, where are we in the rankings? And so it's a big deal to them too. And, and we talked about independence. 
And that's one of the few things you can hang your hat on is that ranking, right? Uh, and, and getting that national recognition. So uh, it's, it's a real thing, but at the same time, they did it last year. They know how to manage it. Uh, and we'll see if they can keep managing from here on out. All right, David, I am definitely looking at the scoreboard this weekend, and I see three top 12 matchups above BYU and Utah State. Alabama's going to play Mississippi. Cincinnati's going to play Notre Dame. Uh, and, and there's one other in there. And I'm thinking, okay, by attrition alone, if BYU just beats Utah State, are the Cougars legitimately going to be a top 10 team going into Boise State? They should be. I mean, once again, you look at the schedule, and they still haven't faced a cupcake, right? I mean, USF, you could, I guess you consider it. They have a losing record, but Utah State will have a winning record. Can we call you know, Arizona a cupcake, or is their Power 5 status enough? I think Power 5 still gives you enough. Yes, I, and they played Oregon tough for almost was the entire one. game. Yeah, you know, Arizona game was close to the fourth quarter. I, I think when we talk about cupcakes, we're talking about you look at Alabama's of the world, even the Texas A&M's, all, all the SEC schools are playing true cupcakes, like FBS opponents. Sure, right? Or FCS sure. opponents, excuse me. So I, I think uh, – Listen, I think BYU, if they continue to take care of their business because of their schedule, and, and you look, you have three Power 5 teams coming up uh, all back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And so their schedule lines up this year. The fortunate thing is Washington State's not looking great. Baylor looked pretty good against Iowa State. USC struggled uh, last week with a loss. And so you start to couple all this together, and, and you see the bowl projections coming out, and it's, it's very achievable. I mean, I think this is one year where it's not like BYU has a top-10 opponent on the rest of the schedule. It's very manageable, and I think BYU can manage it. Um, the question is, can they handle the week in and week out? I'm telling you, yeah. it's, it's more difficult than you think it is to be up for each game. And the fact that, once again, there's no bye week until after, you know, we're six or seven weeks down the road. So can they stay healthy? That's always a big question mark. Can they stay healthy? They already escaped one bullet with, with Jaron Hall going down. <laughs> Bailey Romney came in and performed well. Uh, I mean, fantastic. And so they've already escaped that bullet. Can, can they stay healthy? And that's, man, that's a big question mark. Uh, I'm looking at it, by the way. It's uh, Georgia-Arkansas is the other game. Uh, we'll all be watching every game with BYU looking to move up the rankings. David, great stuff. Look forward to you on After Further Review tonight. Yeah, it'll be fun to break down the game and uh, start looking forward to the in-state rivalry with Utah State. He's David Nixon. He wears floral, and he is the man. (laughs) All right, coming up, a rise and shout-out to a great man. In the top five plays against USF, how would you rank them? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. On this week's Deep Blue Podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with running superstars Anna Camp Bennett and Whitney Orton Morgan about growing up in small Utah towns, winning national titles, and setting a world record together. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. I all of a sudden feel like I haven't accomplished anything in my life. Compared to those two, we have Holy cow. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Here are our top five plays from BYU's win over South Florida. Number five, we've got Peyton Wilgar flying into the backfield to stop Jaron Mangum. Before he can go anywhere, Mangum came in from the opposite side and left Mangum with nowhere to go. This set up a USF three and out on their opening drive and was one of two tackles for loss on the night for Wilgar. boy Peyton, number four on fourth and goal. Tyler Algier breaks not one, but two tackles. How good are his sidesteps and his vision? 
Second score on a fourth and goal from the one-yard line. Looked like USF was uh, going to get the big goal line stop, but Tyler Algier has other ideas, and uh, he makes something difficult look rather easy. Absolutely. Number three. Well, it was only a matter of time before Baylor's deep throws made its way into the top five. Look at that. Gorgeous. This one, Tapuka Nakua. Baylor threw hit this one 50 yards right on the money. Well, taking a bit of a hit, Nakua finished it off, hauling it in for 55 yards. Nakua, by the way, had his first 100-yard game as a Cougar, going for four catches and 102 yards. Great throw and catch. At number two, another gorgeous deep ball. From Baylor Romney, this time to his brother Gunnar Romney. This is how you start a game, Jason. Right. Let me get the fans into it. Just do that. Diving grab, also excellent by Gunnar, laying out for that catch. He finished tonight with five catches for 119 yards and a touchdown of his brother's 305 total passing yards. And at number one, how about Baylor and Gunnar again? Yep. We've got one more of the brother connection this time. Finding the end zone. That's right. Not down at the one. All the way into the end zone. A perfect pass in stride. Baylor on point all night long. Throwing for three touchdowns, 305 yards. Connecting on 80% of his passes. That one to his bro. They're brothers. They're happy and they're running and they're scoring. <laughs> you know where I'm going with I that. I know exactly where yeah. you're going. Yes, I do. Our question of the day. What needs to happen between now and the release of the initial college football playoff rankings for BYU to remain in the conversation? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mount Resort. From at Alan Seawright, what's up, Alan? Complete restructuring of the college football playoff committee and for every football pundit in the country to forget their preconceived notions about who is a power team and just look at results. Not asking much, no, right? just look at the results. I like it. He says also win all the games. There's that, too. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit unit of BYU Athletics. Give it to Andy Reid. Andy Reid, former Cougar, doing well out of the hospital. Good to hear. Our thanks to today's guests, Gunnar Romney and David Nixon. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Kellen Fowler. We'll see you tonight for a brand new edition of After Further Review and BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Go Cougs!